Last week, we started a, uh, uh, our sermon series entitled Summer at New Birth, and we're talking about going someplace in the Lord. Um, yes, last Sunday, we had a, a nice boat outside in the front, and it was very, very nice, and, and, and we're just excited to know that the Lord is taking us somewhere as a church. And uh, one of the things that we talked about on Sunday with regards to where we're going, with regards to seeing the church as a boat, seeing the church as a boat, seeing the church as a boat. Um, when you read the book of Genesis, the Bible says that uh, when there was judgment, I'm sorry, when there was persecution over the Jewish nation, primarily in the book of Exodus, and they were killing the firstborn of every child by hands of Egypt and Pharaoh, the Bible says that Moses' mother took Moses and put him in a basket. The word basket in Hebrew is the word uh, tabar, which literally means a floating house, which is something kind of like a boat, but it was a floating house. And when you talk about that in light of also in the book of Genesis where the, the Bible says that God told Noah to build him an ark, the word ark is the same word in Hebrew, which is tabar, which is a floating house. Both the ark of Noah and both the basket of Moses, they were designed to take both of these people from point A to point B. This was not a place that God built for them so that they can live and be there for the rest of their lives. But it was just a place where they were going to be for a season until they got to the place they needed to go. And so when we talk about, when we talk about where it is that God wants to take us as a church, where God wants to take us as a people, where God wants to take you as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a son, as a child. The question is, uh, what do you need in your life to get towards where God wants you to go? So last week, we addressed, we went over a checklist, a series of things you need in your boat, you need in your life to make it towards where God wants you to go. We talked about the importance of having uh, the sounding the alarm in case a crisis happens. We talked about several items. We need to understand that God wants us to be prepared. We need a navigational system. Who is leading us? Who is directing us? Where are we going? How do we know we're getting closer? So there were several things we talked about with regards what is important for both you and I to have in our checklist in order to know where we're going. We also mentioned the fact that, 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 that looking like a fisherman is not enough. Uh, looking like a fisherman is not enough. But God is challenging us not just to look like fishermen. He's challenging us to fish. He's challenging us to fish. Looking like Christians is not enough. Looking like religious people is not enough. God is calling us to win others to Christ. Can I get an amen? So that's what we talked about last week, going over the checklist, going over a list of things that we need in order to get towards our destination in God, going over some things that are essential throughout the journey that, that may possibly mean once we get to our destiny, we may not need those items anymore, but as long as we are in the process of getting there, these are things that are non-negotiable and that are paramount for us to get to our journey. Now, 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 that's what we talked about last Sunday. Today we're going to talk about leaving dock. T touch your neighbor, tell them, you got to leave the dock, got to leave the dock. Because how ironic it is to have everything you need to go to sail, everything, you got your fishing rod, don't worry, I ain't going to fall. 
You got your fishing rod, you got your paddles, you got everything. You're ready to go, but you ain't going nowhere. You made your checklist, I got this, and I got the life vest, and I got the lifesaver, and I got the horn, and I got this, and I got the navigational, and I got everything, and I got the rope, and I got all, but you ain't going nowhere. So it's not just enough to know what you need. We got to depart. We got to go into sale. And so the question I want to use as a premise is, what is holding you back from going towards God wants to take you? What's holding you back? Every boat, every single boat, if you go to the pier, every single boat has a rope tied to the dock. Every boat. It could be a big one. It could be a little one. Every single boat has a rope tied to it. And the rope is tied to a piece of wood, which makes sure that the boat doesn't go anywhere. And so the question I ask you is, you have a checklist. You have all the items on the checklist, which is an an indicative that you're ready to go sail. But the question is, why aren't we going nowhere? You got everything. You got everything. God has given you everything in Christ. The question is, having it all, where are we going? What has you tied up to the pier? What has you tied up to the dock? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been tied up? Have you ever felt that you've been tied up in anything in life? Tied up in a job? Oh my God, I can't get out of here. I apply, nobody hires me. I'm sick of this job. Have you ever felt tied up in life? Have you ever felt tied up in a relationship? Oh God, God, would you please kill her with a truck? <laughs> Have you ever felt tied up in a relationship? I'm talking about, you just got, it's just the most worst friend you've ever had. He's backstabbed you, she's backstabbed you, they talk about you, Lord. Lord, get out of my life. And you don't know how to get rid of that person. Have you ever been tied up? Have you ever been tied up financially? You get paid Friday at 9 o'clock in the morning, Friday at 9.30, you're broke again? Just tied up, just tied up, tied up, you're tied up, you're tied up. You, don't, you, you think forward, you're stuck. You think advancement, you get stuck. You think, in five years, my circumstance is going to change, only to realize that five years later, you're tied up in the same place. Tied up. Now, what's the challenge about being tied up? Tied up offers limited access. Tied up, being tied up, limits your access. Like, like a boat tied up to the pier. It's tied up, but the, the boat can never go as far as the rope because the rope limits its access. Now, the boat is designed to go deep in sea. The boat is designed to go far in the ocean. But because it's tied up, it'll only stay in a certain environment. Why? Because it's tied up in a place that doesn't let it go beyond its boundary. And I'm here to tell you that God, by His Spirit, and God through His Word, is in the business of equipping us with everything we need to go deep into sail and do God's purpose in our lives. And sometimes we're not where we're supposed to be, not because we don't have what we need, but because we're tied up to things. We're tied up to things. Let me tell you, if you've been part of this church for a little while, you know you know who Neo is, and you know who Baby Thunder is. Baby Thunder and Neo, those are my dogs. I got a Chihuahua. His name is Neo. And then I got a, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, 
I don't know what it is. I got a Frankenstein called Baby Thunder. I got two dogs. And, 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 and my dogs, my dogs, they love to go outside. They love to go outside. All I, I mean, you come to my house and all, you, you hear me say, say, oh, my God, they get crazy. Oh, my God, they get crazy. They start running and they start jumping on top of me. And, and with their bad breath, they, <laughs> and they're running. And I go outside and they go crazy. And, they, and baby thumb starts barking over the house. Just because I sit outside. Now, 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 my dogs, my dogs, my dogs, my dogs like to go outside. However, they don't like to go outside in a leash. They can't stand going outside tied up in a leash. Um, okay, can I get my, my little dog over here? Look at my little puppy. My little puppy right here. Come here. No, no. Oh, all right. This is Baby Thunder then. First service I had Neo. Now I got Baby Thunder. Get on your knees. It's my dog. And so my dog, my dog, my dog, every time I tell my dog, you want to go outside, you know what he does? Get on your hands and feet. You know, you know what he does? You know what he does? And so since you want to be my dog, you got to do everything I say. You know what he does? He starts, he starts going. I'm like, you want to go outside? And he starts wagging his tail. He starts wagging. <laughs> just because, just because I told him, let's go outside. So he starts running all over the house, and he's going crazy. But, 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 but when we first, had the, we first got the dog, and we would say go outside, the next thing was, let's put him on a leash. And every time I would put him the leash, every time I took out the leash, as much as they wanted to go outside, there was something about the leash they didn't like. And, and, so, and so they were ready to go. Their tail was wagging, and they were ready to run. But when they saw the leash, they are like, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And, and th 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 thank you, baby Thunder. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, clap it up for the brother. Dogs hate being tied up. Now, 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 here's the thing about dogs. Dogs have an incredible sense of smell. My dog, my dog is this small, but he has a sense of smell that he can, he can say, okay, that was Foofy that marked that tree. That was Duke that marked. He, he can tell what dog marked the tree. He has an incredible sense of smell. They have an incredible sense of smell. Not only do they have an incredible sense of smell, and this incredible sense of smell gives them the capacity to imagine what dog was there. Not only that, but they also have an incredible sense of hearing. Their sense of hearing gives them the capacity to hear the most minute sounds. And so as a dog that hears something weird, he wants to explore. As a dog that smells something peculiar or out of the norm, he wants to explore. He has the capacity to see. And although dogs see black and white, but they have the capacity to see far beyond. Now imagine this dog who I'm telling him, you want to go outside? And he wants to explore. He wants to smell. He wants to see. But now I got him tied up with a leash. And his nose is saying, there's more to me than this. And his ears are saying, I'm hearing things, but I can't go see what I'm hearing because I'm tied up to a rope. Some people prefer being tied up and not be loosed. Being tied up will not allow you to move forward in God. 
Some people are hoping to be released while others feel safe, tied up. And some people don't want to explore what God has for them. And some people, they've heard things God said he was going to do to them. They've seen things God said he was going to do to them. They've sensed in their spirits things God was going to do to them. But you said, I'd rather stay here. You know why? Because here, I'm, I'm safe here. I, I, I couldn't maneuver my circumstance. I, I, I'm already used to the flow of how things are here. And for some, being tied up at the dock, it represents security. It represents adaptability. We've gotten so accustomed to our mess. We've gotten so accustomed to our way of living that even though we know it's wrong, but we're already used to it. And because we know that we already maneuvered and adapted to the environment, now we don't want to change because we got used to our environment. And God is saying, you got to leave the dock because I didn't create this boat to stay on a pier. I created this boat to explore what God has in store for you. Don't you never tell them, you got to get out the dock. Get out the dock. Being tied up will not allow you to move forward. Some people are hoping to be released while others are safe and being tied up. Because pastor... I'm used to this. I'm good. Yeah, I know, I know he cheats on me, but at least I got a man. I, I, I already got, I, I know, I know, I know. I know she's unfaithful to me, Pastor. Okay. Hey, but my neighbor don't got a man. At least I got a man. I know, I know. I, I, know, I know it's not right, Pastor, but at least I got some kind of stuff. And so I make the best of my circumstance because I'd rather, I'd rather keep what I have and lose everything I have. So I've adjusted to my circumstance. I've gotten accustomed to my crisis. Because I am, I, am, I am accustomed to what is familiar. And let me submit to you, what's familiar may not be God's purpose for your life. So I'm asking you today, what is distracting you from leaving the pier? What, what, what's causing you to say, I can't go into the deep? What things are you going through, are you handling, and you maneuvering right now in your walk that tells you, I know I'm designed to go deep fishing. I know I'm designed to go sail. I know I got everything I need to go far in God. But, but, but I'm scared because, because at least here, at least here, I, I got stability. At least here, at least here, I'm stable. At least here, you know, if, if, if things don't go right, I get off and go back home. At least here, I, I, I can play the church game on Sunday and, and leave on Monday. At least here, I, if things don't go my way, I won't get too committed that I can back off. At least here, but what is the Lord telling us today? He's telling us, don't be stuck in a place that's not designed for you. This represents, I don't trust God, I trust me. This represents, I don't need God's cooperation, because if anything don't work out my way, I know exactly what to do. But once you break the rope out of the pier, and you start going deep in God, what's distracting you from going deep? The people of Israel were going in circles for 40 years, 40 years. God told them, 
Get out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver you with a mighty hand. I'm going to set you out of, out of slavery. I'm going to give you freedom. You're going to go to be free. But the problem is that it took them 40 years to get to freedom. 40 years. You know what happened to them in the process? They've got used to being in the desert. They got, they got accustomed. Why? Because in the desert, every morning, God provided bread. In the desert, every morning, God provided, every night, God provided meat. In the desert, every morning, God made water come out of a rock. Every morning, when they got hot, God put a cloud to give them shade and they don't burn. And every time it got cold, God put a pillar of fire to give them heat. They got used to a transitional environment. They got used to it. Being slaves. You know what they had to do as being slaves? Oh, Lord, deliver us. Being slaves made them pray. Now that they're in the wilderness, they don't need to pray because God has given them bread. God has given them water. God has given them shade. God has given them heat. And God is saying, I did not deliver you out of slavery to ignore me and enjoy what I gave you. I want you to understand that I delivered you from slavery to take you to a promised land. Forty years. And the people are, they're cool and collective. And look what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. It says, Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea. As the Lord spoke to me, and we skirted Mount Sir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have skirted this mountain long enough. You've got to go northward. What is he saying? You've been circling this mountain. You've been tied up to the rope of my provision in this area in the wilderness. And every time I want you to turn, you don't turn. And God is saying you've been going around in circles in the same environment because here there's water coming out of a rock. Here there's manna coming from heaven. And God is telling the people, it's time for you to change your direction. It's time for you to change your course because where I want to take you, don't require require you to stay exactly where you're at. He says, you've skirted this mountain too long. You're stuck in this area too long. There's so much more I want for you, but you like the commodity of the adaptability and the comfort. What has you stuck? Let me give you two Bible's examples, biblical examples of two people in the Bible that preferred to stay in the dock because it was safe, because it was good. The first we find it in a man who the Bible calls a young man, who was the rich man. The book of Matthew chapter 19, check out the scripture, look at the screens. It says, a man came to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to eternal life? And Jesus answered, why do you ask me about what is good? Only God is good. But if you want to have eternal life, check this out, obey the law's commands. The man asked, which ones? Now, now, mentally he's speaking from the context of a peer. Which ones, he said. And Jesus says, you must not murder anyone. Okay. You can't murder nobody. You got that? I got that. Okay. You cannot commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not tell lies about others. 
You must respect your father and your mother. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. The young man said, I obeyed all these commands. What else do I need? He's like, Jesus, I got this, man. I got this on the pier. I'm cool. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, then go and sell all that you own. Give the money to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. Then come follow me. But the young man heard Jesus tell I'm sorry. But when the young man heard Jesus tell him to give away his money, he was sad. He didn't want to do this because he was very rich. So consequently, he left. And then Jesus says to his followers, the truth is, it will be very hard for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. Yes, I tell you. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. This guy gave the impression that he was ready to go off here. But when God put him to the test, see, and, and, this, and, this, and this is the problem that many of us have. Many of us are where we are today because God has given us what we have today. Look at your house. Your marriage, God gave you that spouse. Look at your house. Your home, God gave you that home. Look at your job. Your job, God gave you your job. Everything we have is the end result of God giving us what we did not have. And then after he gives it to us and he says, now give it back to me, we say, I can't do that, God. I can't do that. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah that's right. The rich man wasn't ready to leave the dock. He said, I'm willing to follow you, but I want to follow you from the pier. I'm willing to follow you, but I don't want to let this go. I'm willing to follow you, but I don't want to leave my home. I'm willing to follow you, but I don't want to leave my money. I'm willing to follow you, but I don't want to leave my prestige. And God is saying, let it go, baby, because I'm the one that gave you the house. I'm the one that gave you the job. I'm the one that gave you prestige. If you let it go, you're going to get double." He says, nah, man, I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh-uh. That's why, that's why I'll be a peer, I'll be a peer Christian. I come to church on Sundays from the dock. That's it. That's it. And I'm only going to go to church on Sunday because I'm a dock Christian. And when the pastor in the church says, let's get involved, I can't. I, no, no, I'm done. I'm coming back. No, no, I, I, I'll serve today, that's it. But, but, but I'm, stuck at the, I'm stuck at the dock. We're stuck at the dock. And you have everything you have, you have everything you need to go on sale because you did the checklist already, you got it. But the problem is not what you, the checklist, the problem is are we doing something with the checklist? That's the question. Leaving the dock will always exhibit your heart. Whether you stay or you don't stay, your choice at the dock, when God calls you, will exhibit your heart. You can say, oh, I love Jesus. Yeah, you love Jesus? Leave it all and follow me. Oh, I love, oh, yeah, to me and Jesus, we go way back. I'm talking about, we go way back. Okay? The Bible says, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but whoever does the will of the Father that is in heaven. Leaving the dock will always experience, will always exhibit your heart. 
So we see a rich man who says, I can't do it. And it is in that context that Jesus says that it is, check this out, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? People say, oh, rich people can't get saved. That's a lie of the devil. Lazarus was rich. It was mad rich. Josephus, rich. People in the Bible that were rich. So don't ever feel that I got to be poor because Jesus said okay, the devil is a liar. Be rich. But, 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 but he says, he says, he says, it is harder. It is difficult for a rich man to make it. It is easier for a camel to enter the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. But you know what the problem with that text is? When we read that text, we think about needles 21st century. You think about the needle, you, you know, saw a button needle. That's, that's, that's not the needle he's talking about. The eye of the needle is not that needle. In the times, in the times, in the times of the Bible, the cities had fortified walls. They fortified the city. They had big walls. They fortified the city. Like Jericho, the walls came tumbling down, that type of stuff. And they had a city. And then they had the big city gates. But those city gates, they didn't open them all the time. They only opened the city gates when someone royal was coming, whether it was a king from another nation or the king of the home or when there was going to be battle. When they were going to go to battle, they would open the city gates so that the chariots and the cars and everybody could leave. But aside from that, royalty coming in and out or battle, they wouldn't open city gates because there was a sense of protection. So what they would do, they would create because you had nomads and people that would travel from place to place and they would come in camels. And so what they would do when, when a foreigner was coming to the city, they didn't open the main gate, but they made like, 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 like a semi-cave entrance-like and they did it like maybe this high and about this wide. And that gap or that broken um, or that space was called the eye of the needle. So if a, if a man was coming in from a journey and he wanted to go in through the city gates, he, they wouldn't open him the gates. What they had to do is put the camel through that eye called the eye of the needle. But the camel is way higher, bigger, taller, and wider than the actual gap. So what he had to do? The camel had to get on his knees. And on, his, and on his knees. And he had to literally go through the, 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 the gap and the entryway, pretty, pretty much, pretty much barely making it through. As a matter of fact, it is said that some of these camels, on their way of trying to go in, they will asphyxiate themselves because they were either too big or too tall, and they will die in the eye of the, of the, of the needle. So what does the Bible say? The Bible's not saying that if you're wealthy, you cannot enter. The Bible says if you're, if you're wealthy, there is a sense. What oh God you if you're wealthy, you're wealthy to enter into the kingdom of God, there's got to be some kind of submission, some kind of, of lowliness. I'm saying, I'm not who I am because of who I am. I'm who I am because of who he is. And if I'm going to enter... What am I saying? What am I saying? Now, 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 Pastor, that don't apply to me because I ain't got no money, so I'm not rich. No. God gives us riches that are more valuable than money. If you got peace of mind, you're rich in peace. If you got health, you're rich in health. If you got a family, you're rich in your family. And don't tell me that you can't go where God wants you to go because your family is in the way. Because can I preach? I want to go and I want to do what God wants me to do, but my family don't let me. 
I want to go where God wants me to go, but my job don't let me. You know what? You need to put your job through the eye of the needle. You need to put your family through the eye of the needle. You need to put your attitude through the eye of the needle. Because once you go through the eye of the needle, you're going to go into the city gates and be the person God has called you to be. He says, God, I, I don't know, man. And the Bible says, having the capacity to break loose from the rope and follow Jesus, he decided to stay tied up to his possessions and say, hey, may the Lord use y'all, man. Hey, make sure you post everything on Instagram so I can be, be updated. Don't stay in the outskirts watching what God wants to do through you. Let it go. Don't get caught up to things over than the God that gave you the things you have. Rich man was like, I can't do it. Let me give you another example. Her name, I called her Lottie Dottie. Remember that song? Lottie Dottie. We like to party. We don't cause trouble. We don't bother nobody. We're just the men around the block. <laughs> Woo! From the 80s, baby. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> See, I don't know about this you little young generation. Talk about Chris Brown and I. Yeah, I don't know about this man. Lada Dottie is her name. Lada Dottie is her name. Let's, talk, let's see what the Bible says about Lada Dottie. Genesis chapter number 19. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip some verses because this is very, it's a lot to read. Let's go to verse 15. God is about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Look what it says. Verse 14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters we're here or you will be swept away when the city is punished. And when he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out into the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives and don't look back. Get off the pier. And don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I will die. Look, here is a town here where we can run into and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, very well, I will grant you this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly. I cannot do anything until you reach it. That's why the town is called Zor. By the time they reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Lord, from the Lord, out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But look at this. Balat's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. God said, I want you to get off the pier. I want you to get off the dock. Let go of the rope and run for your lives. Balat, he said, 
She was running forward, but she was thinking backwards. She was running, but she was, you know, you, you have to understand. See, 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 Lot is Abraham's uh, uncle. Abraham is the uncle of Lot, and Lot is the nephew. And, and when God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he said, leave your house and your family and your kindred and the house of your father, so land I want to promise you. And so from the moment Abraham left the house, there were nomads walking through the desert trying to find out where this place was at. So Lottie, any wives here? Any wives here? Any wives here? Where's your hand of your wife? You know, you know we, we, we men, we're not really bound to our homes. I, I, you know, buy another house. But wives, don't like, they're not very quick and moving because, you, know, you know, because, you know, you know, I buy a house and I just put a TV and I put a bed and a mattress and a toothpaste and I'm good. But not wives. Wives, wives, they buy curtains that matches the tiles, and 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 then they they they, they buy the towels that matches the crack of the tile, and and you know you know, and and and, and wives, you know, they decorate curtain, they, and they get the no 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 no. I, I didn't just buy this curtain. This curtain, you have to understand that I went I went to Walmart, I went to Target, I went to DDs, I went to CCs, I went to XYZ, and then I all of these places I found it on sale. The same one that cost it fifty nine ninety nine, I got it for twelve ninety nine, and 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 I put it up, and, and and when I put it up, I got pinched in my fingers, some blood came out, and it was so agonizing that now when I look at that. <laughs> <laughs> when I look at that curtain, I remember the pain of the process. So, so women are more attached to things. And I mean, I'll get up and I'll move, I'll get another house. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You know, this, this microwave, I bought it from, 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 you know, from back in the days. And, 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 and these pots and, 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 and this rug and this, and this television and all this stuff. And so I'm not just going to get up and go because I've been living in apartments all of my life. And now that I finally got a house. You want me to get up and go because you said something's going to happen? Uh-uh. Lottie was like, I ain't going nowhere. So while she's running, she's thinking about her pots, her pans. She's thinking about her curtains. She's thinking about her rug. She's thinking about her television. She's thinking about her soap. She's thinking about her creams. She's thinking about mascara. And she's running. Her body's doing one thing, but her heart is doing another. How's your heart? We do the church thing. We're running. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How's your heart? How's your heart? And then she says, she's trying. And she's trying. She's trying. But all of a sudden, she couldn't no more. She said, I can't. I'm sorry. And she looked back. Lottie Dottie looked back. And the Bible says she became a pillar of salt. Now, now, he, here's what's crazy which I didn't understand this so recently, because the Bible says that God sent fire from heaven and burned it. Why was she turned into salt? Why? Because what made Sodom, well, first of all, Sodom was one of the most richest cities in its time. What made Sodom prosperous and rich was salt. Salt in the times of the Bible represent wealth and riches. And God turned this woman into the very thing that she was after all of her life. Oh, so you want to leave because of the wealth? Be wealth. And she stood, a pillar of salt. Oh, you, you don't want to follow Christ because he gave you a house? Okay, be your house. <laughs> Why are you laughing? And that's what happens. 
That's what happened. Oh, no, I don't believe because, because, you know, we might get robbed. So you ADT, and then you put ADT, then you put security, and, and you're stuck in your house. God gave you a job, and now, no, 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 no. I ain't going to church because I got my job, and, and, and I ain't going to church because I finally got my, I've been waiting for a man for 37 years, and my clock was ticking, my battery almost died in the clock, and here come my hero, and now my hero takes the place of God. So we say we want Jesus, but we don't want to let go and go deep. We want Jesus. Lot's wife was not ready to leave Lot. And, he, and here's the problem, and I'm closing. Here's the problem with not letting go. Lot's wife said, no, I'm looking back. She became a statue, a monument. You know what happened? Because she stood at the pier, Lot committed incest and had sex with his daughters. They got him drunk and they had sex with the father. Because one woman said, I want to stay in the comfort zone. When you don't break from your dock, it not only affects you, it affects everybody around you. Your lukewarmness and your inconsistency and your safety net becomes an entrapment for your family. Had she known that her, that her desire to stay back would have caused her daughter to have sex with her father or her husband, I'm sure she would have ran. But she was thinking about herself. Leaving the dock is going to require you to let go. That's, and, that's, and that's the choice that God can make for us. That's our choice. And so the question is, are we willing to let go the pier, untie the rope, and go with our checklist towards God's purpose for our lives? Are you willing to forsake it all? You know who was willing to forsake it all? The 12 disciples. Matthew chapter 19. Back to the story of the rich man. Verse 27 said, Peter said to him, we left everything we had and followed you. So what will we have, Lord? And Jesus said to them, when the time of the new world comes, the Son of Man will sit on his great and glorious throne. And I can promise that you who follow me will sit on 12 thrones, and you will judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mother, children, or farms to follow me will get much more than they left. And they will have eternal life. And many people who are first now will be last in the future, but many who are last now will be first in the future. So I ask you today, are you willing to leave dock? Are you willing to let go of the things you can see, touch, here? Are you willing to make a choice today and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to leave the pier today. I'm leaving the pier today. The pier represents stability. Like, I, I personally, I can't fish on a boat. I get seasick. 
And trust me, I put the patch, I put the thing back in my ear, I took Dramamine, I, I did it all. I, 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 took, I went in a coma and I still started throwing up. There's something about getting on a boat and the... And we don't like that because in the pier, it's stable. It's stable. And so I, I'm the type of fisher that I fish from the pier. Because I don't like getting sick. But getting on a boat, now you're on movable ground. And sometimes marriage feels like that. And sometimes your, 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 your relational life But, 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 but here's, here's, here's the miracle. The miracle is, is not what kind of soil are you in, is who is in your life. Because the rich man said, nah, 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 I'm not going. I'm going to stay on the dock. I'm staying on the dock. I ain't going. So he was, quote, unquote, on solid ground, foundation. But he was bitter. He left sad. Yet the 12 left everything and got on the boat. But they were so secure because Jesus was on the boat. And, that, and, that, and, and, that's, and that's the power of going in deep into the sea. Because the only one that has the power to walk on water is Christ. Christ has, a Christ has the power to make firm what's unstable. Christ has the power to bring, uh, to bring strength and firmness and solitude to the things I'm sorry, to make things solid that are liquid. God has that power. So in the, middle of, in the middle of your tumultuous sail and your storm, understand, first of all, you was designed for sea. Second, God has given you all of the items on your checklist so that you won't drown and perish and die. Third, you was not created to be stuck. So the question is, am I willing to let go? Watch your rope. What's your peer? Identify that this morning. What's your peer? What's your dock? What's your comfort zone? Because Jesus said, if you're not willing to leave mother, father. Ain't, ain't that a sight? My mother, my father? Okay, I understand a job and I understand farm. But my mother, my father, my sister, my brother. For me, he says, you're not worthy.